Welcome to Data Talks. This is the first talk of a series of meetings that will take place between September and December 2021. Cities are where human life takes place. According to United Nations, in 2018, 55% of the world population lived in urban areas. The projection for 2050 expects an increase up to 68% of the world population living in urban areas. And how can we plan the future of the cities and prevent the world from facing the consequences of the up-to-now model of urbanization? And how can we transform policymaking process to make them more inclusive and democratic? Smart cities are considered a new model of urbanization capable of dealing with demands of contemporary urban areas by using technology and good governance. To talk about this team, we have today two amazing guests. So first from Germany, uh, we have today Professor Dr. Norbert Kersting, Professor of Comparative Politics with a focus on local and regional politics and the Institut für Politikwissenschaft, University of Münster. Professor Kersting was already a professor in other institutions in Germany, such as Universität Koblenz-Landau and Universität Kassel, as well as University of Stellenbosch in South Africa. His research focuses on decentralization process and direct democracy in Africa and Latin America and local politics in Germany and Europe. In the last years, Professor Kersting extended his research focus to internet and politics and democratic innovation. From 2008 to 2015, he was the president of the Research Committee Electronic Democracy of the International Political Science Association, and among his late publications, he investigates online participation, digital transformation of the public sector, and politics in digital society. So, Professor Kersting, thank you very much for finding time for us during the German national elections. Uh, could you tell us more about yourself and how did you get interested in smart cities? Yeah, thank you very much for the nice introduction, Jessica. Um, we are very glad to have so many guests here, but are very glad to have you here at our department now for yeah, more than for quite some time, for six months um, or longer now. Um, yes, I started very early to, because I was, as a student, I was interested. I studied in Madrid and in, in Marburg University, and I worked on a project which was, um, on the, which was called a Habitat Project, which focused on poverty and democracy worldwide, and on housing, political participation, healthcare system, economic issues of poor people in favelas, barrias marginados, uh, whole townships, however you call the small, the poor urban areas worldwide. And uh, there I was, after my, my um, studies, I was in a research project comparing um, different, um, these different uh, countries. And these included, for example, Colombia and Zimbabwe and Philippines and other countries. And then we decided to have to, visit, together with my professor, my doctoral father, what, how we call it, to have a comparative, comparative research project comparing um, Chile, cities in Chile and Brazil with cities in Africa, with Ivory Coast and Kenya. So we, we had two cities in Brazil, 
Aracaju and Rio de Janeiro. And we had in each of these cities, we had, we had um, focus on poverty and we had two different sub, suburbs or favelas or, and um, we, we analyzed how, the, how was it, how was it uh, the, the participation in this field and um, what were the preferences and it came to housing policies, etc. And this was for me the starting point. And then I was very interested in the urban area. I was interested in political participation. And then we had in my home university, we had the first non-binding um, election, uh, online election. That was early 2000. And we started a process to see, oh, the online election, are there other countries experimenting, not only with voting machines, but also voting online. And uh, there were Estonia and Switzerland and a couple of other cities, uh, countries started that. But at that time, it was still a race. I remember we, we invited a guest from, from uh, Arizona. They had a primary uh, online election, and that was seen as one of the first really online election, but it was only a primary. Uh, but the race, so the race was still on, and all of the countries wanted to be the first, having the first proper online election. And finally, Estonia won it, not Germany or not Switzerland, uh, but in a smaller country. And from that point on, we built up a kind of research committee on electronic democracy focusing on this. Uh, because I had later on, uh, when I arrived in Münster in 2011, I had the professorship working on, on local government. So I, that was, of course, clear that I will have a strong focus on online participation, on uh, digital services, on uh, electronic administration as well. And I'm still um, have now a stronger focus on Europe and on Germany, but I always love to uh, compare, and that's very important for me, compare Germany with other countries. And we totally changed our perspective. In the old days, in the 80s, with my professor, we wrote a text which was called, for example, democracy export to the, to the, to the developing countries. That was the terminology at that time. When I'm having seminars now, I call it, um, it's called learning from the global south. Because nowadays we learn much more from Brazilian, sometimes from Brazilian democratic innovation, for example, than from our own innovations in the neighboring uh, uh, province of state of Hesse or the province of uh, Berlin or city of Berlin and others. So we have more an international view and I, I have a strong focus on the smart cities and comparing different smart city approaches all over the world. Was it too long, Jessica? I hope not. <laughs> no, no, it was a great explanation. It's good to, to see our, um, our trajectory in, 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 in a broader perspective and see how the things connect each other up to the point that we are right now. And I really like that you mentioned uh, the collaboration because this is one of the goals of this this uh podcast and this uh this series of events that we are making and give me the hook to invite our second guest today uh so learning from brazil right now we have uh professor dr ana carla biachegin from the public policy management course at the Scology Artes Ciências e Humanidades of the University of Sao Paulo professor biachegin is the author of several works in different areas concerning the public sector, including health uh, management budgeting, 
transparency and innovation. She also taught in other Brazilian institutions such as Pontificia Universidade Católica de São Paulo. She's a member of the National Council for Privacy and Data Protection, an assist assistant organization of the Brazilian National Authority of Data Protection. She's also a lawyer, an entrepreneur, and a YouTuber. In her channel, she discusses themes such as technology, smart cities, and public policy management. Professor Biasha Ying, Thank you for joining us today. I was going to make you the same question I made to Professor Kerstin, uh, if you can tell us more about yourself and also how did you get interested in the theme of smart cities, especially considering that you are coming from more the law field. And so how was this transition? Thank you, Jessica, for the invitation to be here. I'm glad to be here. And a special greeting for, to the Professor Kerstin. A good morning to Brazil, good afternoon for everyone from Europe. And I'm also mother of Hannah and Arthur. And I think this is a, a important point of my life, of my curricula. We usually work with public sector and I pay special attention to municipalities. I come from the law area and my interest in the topic of smart cities came from my research in public budget and public management. I understand both law and new technologies are instruments for improve the management of cities, expanded the democratic participation of citizens. For this reason, I dedicate my myself and my time and my research to the topic of smart cities. Uh, only one information, Professor Kerstin, I was born in Aracaju. And now when you said you have studied my city, I, I, I feel like happy. Wow, my city is so small, so small state, so different region. And I'm in Sao Paulo since 24 years. And now I feel the studying the municipalities and the studying the public sector, I feel how important is research and smart cities and the public sector and the public management to turn better the life of the, the people that lives and regions that we have a lot of people in poverty and difficult to live to housing to basic sanitation then smart cities came into my life uh, through law to budget law, to management. It's really interesting that uh, we are talking about a topic that is such a technological topic. We start to talk about smart cities, at least uh, the research that I've been making in the early 2000s, late 2000, 2010, more or less there. How would you define the, Brazil, the Brazilian experience with smart cities? There are several national and international rankings that qualify a city as a smart. Uh, there are also several criteria that are seen as important to define a city as smart. We can say some essential points 
uh, of this, this classification as adoption of new technologies for data capture, efficiency, efficient systems to transform data in information and intelligence for public management, improvement, speed, and efficiency of communication with citizens. Improvement in the quality of public service delivered to the citizens. Expansion, expansion of democratic spaces and citizens' political participation. This is a kind of essential points that we can see normally. Other elements that can be considered are likened to monitoring uh, the integration of infrastructure components, street, bridge, builds, communication systems, water, and energy supply networks, maximizing their services to the cities. All these points are important to see that a city is smart. We, in special, emphasize the democratic component of the smart cities. But not all countries have this point as essential in their plans of smart cities. Planning smart cities not necessarily can uh, say plan more democratic systems, more democratic cities. In case of Brazil, the digital transformation of the federal government, states, and municipalities has promoted a significant advance in essential elements for smart cities. More recently, the federal government launched the National Plan for Smart Cities. There is a technical cooperation agreement between Brazil and Germany with the objective of structuring the national strategy for the development of smart and sustainable cities in Brazil. Considering that Brazil is still a country with a large territory marked by great regional and social inequality, and national or local plan for smart cities must consider the challenges of Uber, Uber mobility, decent house, social inclusion, universal access to public health services, basic sanitation and education, political participation of its inhabitants, environment and sustainable economic growth, population aging and cli climate change, investment in human and social capital. Anyway, by connected smart cities ranking from Brazil, a ranking from Brazil, we have interesting models and cities in Brazil that seem these topics as fundamental. For example, education. São Caetano do Sul, São Paulo, Viçosa and Lavras, Minas Gerais, Environment, Balneário Camboriú, Santa Catarina, Santos, São Paulo, Curitiba, Paraná, Urban Mobility, São Paulo, Balneário Camboriú, Santa Catarina, Florianópolis, Santa Catarina. As example, Brazilian cities, cities are interested in these topics. Our federation, 
grants a lot of autonomy to local governments and projects that embrace the use the new technologies and data to improve the delivery of local public administrations. Since 1999, Brazil has been welcoming the use of new technology and the public sector, and the population has taken advantage from this. We need to do this more quickly and benefit mainly the poorest and most vulnerable populations. So as not to create a bubble, a kind of bubble of good services for only a few one and leave the vulnerable people uh, uh, without service. The gains in scale must benefit everyone and if you will must choose priority groups let them be those the worst economical and social situation this is the kind uh, of idea that i think that you can use in any plan of smart cities in brazil always be careful to not be like uh, enchanted with the idea, the, the, the smart city ideas as a brand, as a market. I think if you want to uh, create and apply a real plan of smart cities in Brazil, you must face the real problems not use this, the, the, this expression, smart cities, only as a brand. Unfortunately, we can see some politicians now in this moment, exactly this, only market, only market, only brand, to see something that is not the real face of the public policy, of the public standard, of the public budget. I think there is always this, uh, I'm not going to say trade-off, but uh, this uh, cable pulling game between uh, what is marketing, what is politics, and what the, the administration can do. And I must say, I totally agree with you. Uh, I do understand that sometimes politicians need this marketing to, to well, to the politics, <laughs> but also we want to see the results of what we are talking about. And But before getting the hook of expectations in, in smart cities, I would like now to ask for Professor Kersting. Uh, you mentioned um, experiences in Estonia, which is uh, considered, if I'm not wrong, the, the most advanced country in uh, a government here in Europe. And but but not about Eastern, <laughs> but now about Germany. I would like to know a little bit more about the German and experiences with smart cities. You see, the, the term smart cities, we have it now since, I don't know, 10, 15 years, and it is becoming a kind of buzzword. And we have it everywhere, and everything is smart, smart mobility, smart energy, smart health, smart regions, smart cities. And it is an important thing, but we should always, we should not forget. And that is, Anna Kala is 100% right in this purpose, in this regard. 
that as soon as you have a kind of technology, and finally, when it comes to smart, it's always related to new information and communication technologies. All these instruments are just instruments and they have to deliver certain goals. And, they, and this means we're coming back to certain services which are important in each city. And of course, mobility is important, health is important, uh, communication is important. Uh, we have every city in Germany, it's quite clear because our cities are implementing, I think 80 or 90% of all state responsibilities are implemented by our cities locally. And that means that, that these cities have to have and have to use all the, in, the latest technologies to make this easier and make it as good as possible. Because the final, the final idea is that they have a proper mobility, that they develop a better healthcare system. And they also, and that is related to our German system, they, they should uh, focus on all groups, not on particular groups, not on only the middle and richer class. It's, they should include also the vulnerable groups because this is one of the purposes of the cities that we, and that is in our constitution even embedded, that we have a kind of, yeah, that everywhere you have the same chances for living and you have the right to, to we don't have so many social economic rights in our constitution, but at least we have a, a right where, where it comes when it comes to kind of dignity and that our system is a kind of, uh, social econ social economic system, which is which is um, based in our constitution as well. So coming back to the technology, we have the certain different policies where it is important. And what I would say, and this is important for me, um, the the smartness of a city has definitely is very close to the definition of the goals of the city, and that is for me it is so important that you have citizen participation included. Because what we have, in, and that is the problem in a lot of authoritarian regimes, and we, all over the world, I mean, coming from um, what we have now in China or in Singapore or in modern authoritarian regimes, but also old authoritarian regimes, also authoritarian regimes in our history or in, in, um, in, in the Brazilian history, uh, it was always the case that authoritarian leaders always thought that they know what the people want. And that is a big mistake because they often fail. They don't build the right buildings and they build super blocks, but the people want other, other forms of houses. They build these uh, services, but the people want something totally different. And that is a big mistake. And here it is very important to have a kind of participation of the citizenry. That is a very important topic. Um, and here, smart cities can have this kind as a starting point that they allow people to participate, to be closer to the customers. I mean, this is a kind of customer relation, if you want. So it, to be closer to their citizens, which is a very important topic. That doesn't mean that we need this kind of participatory democracy at the local level. But it also means, and that is the other side, um, that of course we, we need smart mobility because it can make life easier. We need smart grids because it is allowing us to have better use of, the, of electronic electricity. For example, one of my PhD students wrote his PhD on smart grids in Mozambique. Very fascinating work, working on where he found out that in the rural areas, it is much more uh, interesting to have a 
there a, a, a smaller smart grid in the area, not just a broad grid focusing on to cover all the whole province or the whole country. So they had this uh, very much smart grids focusing on different villages or on suburbs. And this is um, an, it's an important instrument where technology helps to, to, uh, to make it easier to distribute and to produce and to distribute uh, electricity. Other topics like pub, smart public health uh, are important when it comes to do research, when it comes to deliver also certain technologies. And here, I'm always fascinating that some countries where you would never expect it are now much more advanced than, than the, the big OECD countries. Uh, for example, when it comes for the use of drones in the, in the public sector, where you are, have to deliver vaccines or important uh, pharmaceutical stuff, there are countries in Africa where you said where they using it to bring their vaccines or the, or the pharmaceutical stuff to the rural areas. There is in a country like Malawi, you have a, a high school only teaching drone um, applications, how you can use drones in, in certain public services. And I'm always fascinating. And I was also fascinating when I saw what kind of interesting, interesting democratic and social and administrative innovation I found when I studied um, Brazil. I mean, we, are, we have a, imported a lot of certain instruments. But what I wanted to say is um, smart city is much more than just data collection for its own purpose. It is a it is an data collection is important and is very, very uh, relevant when it comes to develop new policies. But finally, the goal is to have better services and to and here at the local level, I think there are a lot of important stuff especially when it comes, and that is my very important topic for me, we found out, and I would I strongly believe this, that a couple of services at the local level uh, will solve the most problematic topics what we have in Germany. In Germany, we have, for example, nowadays big problems when it comes to energy. That is a big problem. That will probably solved at the local level. We have another big topic when it comes to who cares for the old people? A very interesting topic. So elderly people, is a, we are getting older and older and we have problems with, with our next generation. We, uh, we are, our population is decreasing. So who cares? And this will be solved at the local, sub-local level in the neighborhood. And um, another important topic is also what I said is uh, energy. And uh, I'm sure that that will also be solved. So this kind of uh, functions and smart neighborhoods, that is also an important topic, which will be very important in the, in the future and in the near future. I like that you both uh, bring a little bit of the perspective of one of my next questions that I'm going to put it right now, that would be uh, the expectations over uh, smart cities. We, Professor Vyashagin has mention a lot of, of qualities that a smart city should have. Of course, we are, we are dealing here with, we are dealing here with an ideal model of a smart city, not a real model of something that has been planned and developed. 
And I, I, I like the, the definition of Professor Kerstin. Uh, smartness of a city has to do with the goals of the city. So I think we are all together here in this common sense that, okay, maybe we don't have to fulfill all the, all the boxes, but we need to go to what is important in a city. like you to comment uh whoever wants to do it first 10 years not even 10 years ago definition uh from smart city from thousand in 2014 he said smart cities are places where information is combined with infrastructure architecture everyday objects and our bodies to address social economic and environmental problems so i mean isn't that too much to expect and uh, what, how do you see this definition compared to uh, the cities and other examples that you already worked in the last years? Um, th this, this is a name given by the, the academy to describe what seemed to be a turning point in the way of thinking about the cities. Uh, with the adoption of new technologies and the massive productions of data. I could have been another name, it could have been another name, but it was the one that spread around the world, perhaps because it was the intuitive and easy to memorize. This has also to lead to use, use of this expression as market, as I say, by some, uh, some local politicians. Sometimes as a true market that reveals the real change of the local public administration, and other times is as misleading advertising, real fake news. Personally, I, I like the differentiation between analogic cities and smart cities to differentiate the old, uh, uh, old model from this model that presents itself as a new option. I like the expression wise society. Wisdom is one step further than intelligence. Smart cities is, is very closer than intelligence. Wise society and wisdom is something more that think, think what the real problem uh, of the citizen, what the real problem of my life, what the real problem of the human being now to live in the city, uh, no matter what city. No matter, the problem of your city is the problem of the other cities. No matter where, no matter who, the cities must to face your problem together as a net. Um, it is expected that the cities in the future will be wise enough to transform the data they collect in a better quality of life for the citizens and increase the freedoms uh, greatly 
dignity and access to good services to everyone, not just a few. I think the, the concept, the meaning of smart cities that is academics, the research is only a name. What will you do with name? What public policies, what quality of life, what good life, what more health, what more participation you have when you use this kind of theoretical or conceptual idea? I think this is the real question of the smart cities in the 21st century. I would definitely agree because what I said, I mean, the goals are important, the good life, the good health, and this, uh, this is, we have to focus here and use the different, uh, is it as a tool. Uh, when it comes to, which is a very important function to collect data with drones or with cameras or with cars or with smartphones and then to develop better policies because we know how the people, consumers are um, working. We combine this, which is a, a good thing, which is also makes it sometimes a little bit more critical when it comes to data safety and data security. We combine this data with social media data. We combine it, makes it also interesting, very fascinating with government data. Um, all these combinations are bringing a lot of chances and possibilities and of course also um, challenges and problems uh, because it becomes critical if you uh, if you have too many data connected and it uh, can help you to develop better patterns but it also can be misused that is a critical point where the germans are always very critical we had in our history some cases where that and that is the reason that we are very strongly focusing on data protection data safety in this regard and but on the other side combining all these data can bring a better with a good analysis can bring a better policies and can develop policies which are with all this pattern detections and behavioral patterns are detected here um, can can develop better policies that is definitely the case but we should, that is my opinion, we should never forget that this is just pattern. This is just a behavioral pattern of looking to the past and what you called why wisdom and uh, is of course one step beyond because you, you we as humans can develop much more advanced and better and sometimes um, much better solutions finally because we have much more opportunities. I always said just recently I had the I thought okay we are um, we are now in the in the digital life and the computer the computers are failing I was was happy to have a flight um, last uh, two weeks ago where I flight from here from Münster to Frankfurt and from Frankfurt to Ljubljana but then and then they cancelled one flight at the computer they said it was a computer program they gave me a flight where the second flight from Frankfurt to Ljubljana was before the first flight from Münster to Frankfurt. And this is, I mean, this is, wouldn't happen to, a, to an individual because we would definitely say, okay, this is not possible. You cannot make the second step before the first step. But I'm sure that no, this was a computer program and they missed 
the most important point that you have to make the first step before the second. And I think this is just an example that computers are failing, algorithms are failing, and, um, and this kind of failures have to, can be detected, of course, but it happens easily. And this, the computers are still uh, used by humans, but you have this problems that humans are making mistakes in combination when they use computers. So um, what I wanted to say is, finally, it is technology is just a tool and we should focus on our, on our uh, important, uh, important uh, goals. And here, for this point, and this is a little problem now in Germany, we have a strong focus on sustainability, which is very important. The, the grid is a very important thing where you, uh, where, you, where you, what I said, you have a focus on who is producing energy at the sublocal level, which is very important, fascinating stuff. And we have with the wind turbines and with solar energy, a lot of customers, but also a lot of producers of energy, which is fascinating. But what we should never forget, finally, we have to get the people involved because they know sometimes better and they know also the, the neighborhood, they know the, uh, the, the, the environment and the surroundings to, uh, to develop this kind of, uh, this kind of new policies and which are important to have this transformation towards more sustainable uh, society. Jessica, if you don't mind, I would like to complete my answer. If you see that the, the concept, the meaning of smart cities, we can, we can complete this meaning in 21st century. Um, at, at this point that the state is an innovation hub or as a startup, I state as I start up, I state as an innovation hub to be new face. It, it, it makes to be a new face of the, this concept of smart cities. That my opinion remains current. The concept, it's, it, it's not old, but we can put a little bit more pepper in this concept, an innovation hub, I start up a place, the state can be a place where the, the idea of to serve the people is in the center of the idea of state, serve the people. And here in this regard, um, the cities play an important role because in Germany, cities have a lot of autonomy, what I said, but they were also always a laboratory, a kind of experiment field and area where you can test certain instruments. And that is very important. I think here cities and um, can, can be this kind of hub where you, where you test certain, uh, certain topics and you should, Germany, we are sometimes, we want to make, um, it perfect from the beginning, but you should allow much more testing and making failures and testing it and learn from your 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 failures as well. Uh, this is a little bit typical German thing, but cities are perfect in this regard because when you make a mistake, it's just a small mistake and you can much easier correct it. As soon as it becomes a national or a provincial or regional policy, it's much more complicated. So here, smart cities play a very crucial role. 
we are running our time and I would like to address, I think it's important in our, in when this discussion is being recorded. So today, September, the end of September, 2021, we have about 65% uh, of the population in Germany uh, fully geimpft, um, uh, completely vaccinated, uh, about 35% of the Brazilian uh, population two times vaccinated the numbers for the whole country for the first vaccination but i remember at least in sao paulo state was really high was up to 95 percent so uh, we are in this moment of human uh, development and uh, in this moment of the pandemic fighting and i think we are in a good position here to compare germany and brazil because as professor professor kersti mentioned uh, we have here in germany strong municipalities and also in Brazil we have a lot of autonomy in municipal at the municipal level and uh, we saw in both countries and I had the opportunity to leave <laughs> or the not opportunity to leave the pandemic at time in Brazil and then at some time in Germany so I lived uh, two types of lockdown <laughs> let's say like this and and in both countries what I could see was uh, there was this strong uh, fight or, or, well, sometimes it was a fight between local and central governments regarding how to deal with the pandemic. National level, we have like this enforcement through uh, policies, uh, central and state level. In the case of Germany, Bundestag, we have this, uh, this, this, uh, the central authority try to make the laws uh, applied in municipalities. And on the other hand, uh, if it was not for the municipalities, there was no way to track what was going on with the pandemic. So it was the municipalities who said how much uh, supplies they had, how much people were vaccinated or tested or uh, contaminated. So uh, this, is, this was a really interesting example of how the different experts operate. And I want you to ask you both, uh, of course, in, in the perspective of each country, uh, if you think that local governments came out of this crisis in 2021, where we are right now, uh, stronger or weaker compared to how they were before the pandemic, local governments. Okay, you see, for us, the pandemic showed how important local government is, because when you had a good working, well working local government, you could see that these cities or towns were much doing much better than other cities. And the thing is, especially when you have a pandemic, you see, and if you have a big country like Brazil or a big country like relatively big country, much smaller, but also a big country like Germany, you realize you cannot have the same policies all over a cold country. If you have a very low rates of incidence in, in the north of Germany, north of Brazil, why should you have and nothing at the south? Why should you have the same policy and restrictions? And this was very relevant in Germany. Although everybody was complaining and said, oh, we have so many different, different, uh, it's like a like carpet, what they call, and where you have a lot of different pieces, and here you don't know what is going on. In fact, finally, only those who are traveling, they realized that there were different policies, um, and you got it from the media, but at school, you knew when the school was closed or not closed. 
And the, the local government showed very, very nicely all our problems when it came to digital infrastructure. We are unfortunately, we are highly urbanized, living in high density cities, but we still have only four or 5% where we have fiberglass to each household. We have it to the region but, and to the suburbs, but not to each household. And that makes it very slow. And that caused a lot of problems because this digital divide because of infrastructure was here. And finally, we saw that also at the universities, et cetera. And I think we came strong out of this crisis because we realized these are our problems. And now, I mean, that means now that we have to face these problems as, as quick as possible to solve some of these problems, which are problems where you need, in my opinion, you need a state which is organizing certain basic infrastructure. This is a typical German view on it, but in Germany, state is responsible for, for certain basic infrastructure and digitalization is now seen as one of these crucial infrastructure um, things. And uh, here we had much better experience with the state producing it than with the, with the private, private companies organizing it. Well, was written in Genesis. In the beginning, it was a chaos here. <laughs> this is a bad phrase, but it's the real situation. But here in Brazil, uh, in case of Brazil, the competence of local governments are established in the constitution. There was a great decentralization of competence in the provision of public services without the proportional distribution of public revenues, which are still concentrate all, all no, it's not real, real, but it's concentrated in the central government in Brazil. This model of fiscal feder federalism has always caused great problems of continued and qualification of public services and local level in Brazil. The theoretical Brazilian constitutional models is the cooperation federalism, but the practice of the SARS-CoV-19 pandemic increased the competitive federalism in Brazil and the crisis of pandemic and the fiscal crisis and the and the absence of central government organization um, make make the thing the things here very 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 hard the the numbers of death show clearly the, the real uh, case of Brazil. The Supreme Court of Brazil was called to arbitrate this conflict and in an unprecedented way expanded its previous interpretation and granted the state and municipalities greater freedom to action and local decision-making to face the political conflicts that took place in the central government in Brazil. Then uh, the solution in Brazil now needs always 
of Supreme Court to decide something that are uh, impossible to solve and political decision. The need to act quickly and contain the effects the humanitarian crisis has put local governments in focus in Brazil in this pandemic. They were forced to adapt quickly and to respond with their bureaucratic structure to, uh, to the challenges that presented themselves. Never before have the virtues and shortcomings of the bureaucratic infrastructure of Brazil and the federative model of cooperation be so exposed for uh, all the people. The quick action of local governments and the subsequent support, subsequent, be clear, subsequent support of the federal government, public budgets, social policies, vaccines were fundamental to reversing the daily scenario of death caused by the pandemic. Now, there remain the social and economic impacts to be faced. Without the intense action of local governments in Brazil, we would not reach the decreasing numbers of death we have today. Then the local government was uh, a hero in our history because in the beginning, they didn't have any infrastructure, any budget, any vaccine, and they, they, they were expecting how is the rule? How is the North? And nothing was answered. Then the local government, um, through all the SUS, the, the health system, the, the public health system from Brazil, it started to work together and reach new answers and reach possibilities to resolve the pandemic crisis. The central government uh, came after, came late, and came because the Supreme Court take decisions that uh, forced to do anything. And we have also the, the political scenario that forced the central government to also to give vaccine, vaccines, give money, give social improve for, for to face the pandemic. Here in Brazil, local governments were the real hero to save lives. So um, unfortunately, we are running out of time. I would, I, I would just like to ask Professor Kesting if we still, and Professor Bichaliani, if we still have time to one question from our audience because I think it's important and it's good to have questions from the audience. So, okay, I'm going to read uh, one question that we received in YouTube uh, from Natalia Salchuk Patricio. Um, 
and I think is directed to both of you. We know that in many countries like Brazil, only few companies are selling smart city solutions to the governments. Could you comment how you think it is possible to open more of this market? I'm going to pose the question uh, for everyone. So if you want to see it. Uh, I don't know if I'm a dreamer. Uh, I know the necessity of the big companies and invest in technology, time, people to, to offer solutions for the cities. But I think I'm a dreamer. I think the, the solutions can also to come from the society. I think that the, the state can turn can turn a, a hub of innovation, not only uh, by innovation, but produce innovation, but not, not as a big state, a big uh, uh, public company. No, this, the state can be together with society and serve, observe all the innovation that can be produced by the people by the society and also by the company if the status can 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 if the status is stuck only to big enterprise uh, the, the smart city solution will not be a freedom solution but will be one more solution that put the state and the society in line to big interested and not the real goals and the, in order to real pain of the society of the people the smart cities serve the people the smart cities it's not to serve more state more uh concentrate power more uh monitorizing of the people is for the people, not against the people. This is a very important question because it is really true. I mean, if you look at the in the field of digitalization, we have already incredibly big uh, monopolies, which is, is very tricky, difficult to work with them, and they have platforms, and it's even not not a, even possible as it looks like it's even not possible to to um, make them smaller because they are just too big nowadays. I mean, if we talk get into this, the big five and when it comes to digitalization. So what I would suggest is in this field to have competition, and this is crucial because what we have in this field, there are only small, a very small number of, uh, of companies. We need, in my opinion, in Germany, we need a lot of model cities where, where also cities and there, there are, producing their own software. I mean, not the smaller ones, but the medium-sized ones together with civil society and building up innovation hubs to try to compete with these big players. And because this kind of competition in this area, I think is crucial. And secondly, what we have then in the second step that we just roll out this because cities in Germany are not learning from each other. That's also quite fascinating. If there is a nice instrument developed by a city in this, uh, in this city, 
it's not that the neighboring city is using this instrument and copying it or because they said, no, no, we won't, don't want that. It comes from our neighboring cities. We want something else or we develop something else. So this learning process is very crucial as well in the cities. So we need competition. And here the state and the local government is an important player. It needs the, the support by the, by the federal government to, to organize it, but it needs to develop also um, the, its own smart city solutions in certain areas. That's why I to run to get more competition and then let the, of course, also let the private companies in, they can also compete and that is interesting. But in this area, we see a big monopolization and it should be much more, not only national, also international competitiveness and also the state as an additional competitor is, I think it's also important. Unfortunately, our time is up, but this was a really great talk. I would, from the heart, I would like to thank Professor Dr. Norbert Casting and Professor Dr. Anna Carla Vlasheguin for joining us today. And I would also like to thank the Brazil Center of University of Münster, the AAD, which is uh, supporting us, and also the Alexander von Humboldt uh, Foundation. Uh, that all of them, you, the foundation, and uh, who is joining us uh, today in this in this show, uh, are the ones that make this talk possible. Thank you very much. And we all hope to see each other, of course, somewhere in Brazil or in Münster. I mean, you're all welcome to be here. Thank you. I, I, I we will see each other in the beauty. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jessica. Thank you.